Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. This week you're helping us to understand what it really means to appreciate the grace of God. And you defined it yesterday in layman's terms as saying it's God giving us what we don't deserve. Time after time after time. Is that fair? And we saw that from the fullness of Christ we receive grace upon grace. John chapter 1. And that because... To every believer, God has given this wonderful gift of Christ in us. He's placed us in Christ and put Christ in us. Then all these great, tremendous blessings, the life, every dynamic of who Christ is, is there within us. And that by the grace of God, we can draw upon that life that he has put within us. We can draw upon his joy, his love, his peace, his power, his healing, his deliverance, his forgiveness. Whatever is contained in him, his mercy, his grace, we can draw upon. And that's the kind of faith that God wants to see operating in our lives. Now, of course, Paul was teaching this to everybody. We're going to look today at um, the epistle to the Ephesians or some verses from Ephesians. And in chapter 1, um, verses 4 and 5, the end of chapter, of verse 4 of chapter 1 and, and verse 5, uh, he says, In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Now, can you notice that's in the past tense? A few weeks ago we were talking about the love of God and I was showing how throughout the Old Testament uh, the scripture doesn't talk so much about God loving us, but he has loved us. He has demonstrated his love. He has already given us that love. It isn't that we draw love from him now because he loves us, but he has already loved us to the maximum and has given us his love. He has poured his love already into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, here you see Paul is saying he has freely given us his glorious grace in the one he loves. Who is the one he loves? Christ. Who? What has he done with every one of us who is a believer? He's placed us in Christ so that his life becomes our life. And what has he done by his grace? He has put Christ himself into us, the fullness of Christ. So he has, by his grace, freely given us all the riches of his glorious grace in Christ. We already have all the grace we ever need within us, waiting to be released into our lives. And so then he says in verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. Can you see the tense is past tense again? Not that God wants to lavish his grace upon us. He already has. Because the great gift that God has given to us is Christ, not a blessing from Christ, not just the forgiveness of Jesus, but the life of Jesus, the fullness of his life, which is what Jesus came to give. 
So God has already lavished his grace upon us with all wisdom and understanding. So what he is doing is um, that all this life that is in Christ and, and all that Christ is, he has put within us. Now, how can we be sure that we've got all this life? Well, in verse 13, um, Paul makes this clear. He says, and you also were included in Christ. You were included in this grace. God took hold of you and put you into Christ, and he took hold of Christ and put him into you, which is what is involved in the whole process. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. You don't get what I'm talking about by going to church. You don't get what I'm talking about by saying your prayers. You don't get what I'm talking about by trying to conform to a kind of church life that other people conform with. You get it by hearing the gospel, believing God's word, and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. When you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you receive Christ in you. You receive the fullness of his life. And you see, this is why when Jesus began to preach the gospel, the very first thing he said was, the time has come, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent of your sins. Repent and believe the good news. And the good news is not just that God now forgives us and accepts us, but the good news is that God has come to live in those who believe. And the assurance of our salvation is that Christ is in us and that we are in Christ. So we, we don't have to fear the future. We don't have to fear the judgment that is to come because we're already in Christ and Christ is in us. Now, that's not true, of course, for those who haven't received him. But for those who have received him, there's no fear of judgment. And this is a fact. It doesn't depend on our feelings. You said the other day, so often we are affected by our feelings and we don't necessarily feel Jesus or feel the Holy Spirit. But we don't have to feel, do we? This is, this is a fact. That's right. And you see, Paul goes on to say in the rest of the chapter that God has given to us his incomparably great power not, not, you see, that his power is somewhere up there in heaven waiting for us to receive. Jesus promised the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we've already received that incomparably great power. It's there within you, it's there within me, it's there within every believer listening to me now. And what God wants, you see, is for us to believe that and to believe that God, therefore, will graciously release what we need of that power into the circumstances of our lives. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. That's it. That's absolutely it. And most people understand that by the grace of God they've been saved. Paul goes on to talk about that in chapter 2. Um, but you see, he says... Immediately after that, in verse 6 of chapter 2, and God raised us up with Christ. You see, this, this, this to God has already happened. God sees us in Christ. 
He sees you and I already raised up in Christ. Doesn't mean that our bodily resurrection has already taken place, obviously, but he sees, he can see, he can see us already seated in heavenly places. God raised us up in Christ and seated us with him, not will, but has already seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. In other words, what we are to radiate to the world around us is this amazing grace of God that within us is the righteousness of Jesus. Within us is the holiness of Jesus. Within us is the health and the healing of Jesus. Within us is the power of Jesus. Within us is the joy of Jesus. Within us is the peace of Jesus. Now that is saying something, because peace, you see, in both the Old Testament and New Testament is a very rich word. Shalom is not a greeting. It can be used in greeting, but shalom means the total well-being that God gives to his people. And you remember Jesus left his disciples with a parting gift. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, total well-being, fullness of life, total well-being, spirit, soul, and body I leave with you. And every one of us potentially has that total self, total well-being because we have Christ in us and because we're living in Christ. Isn't it a wonderful gospel? It's an incredible gospel and perhaps more incredible because so few Christians, relatively speaking, appreciate what you're talking about, Colin. They haven't realized it in their lives. Well, as I'm, I'm often saying because people say to this, this to me quite frequently, I say, well, it's been in your Bible ever since you bought it. What I'm preaching isn't anything new. I'm simply taking you to the Word of God and saying, look, this is what it says. And I think part of the problem, you know, is that for, for many people, not for everybody, of course, but for many people, they go to church and they hear scriptures like this read out and haven't got the foggiest idea as to what is actually being said. Because, I mean, you read through Ephesians chapter 1 and nobody on the face of God's earth can understand it by listening to somebody reading it. It is so full of truth that it's got to be unpacked, it's got to be explained, it's got to be, it's got to be revealed. And that takes time to be able to sit at somebody's feet who's got the revelation of it so you can receive, oh, yes, that's what it's all about. And, uh, but it's no use just having somebody uh, who can reveal what it means. You need to have somebody reveal what it means who's living it. Because God doesn't want you just to have understanding of it. He wants you to have the life of which he's speaking. He wants this glorious grace to be operating in your life. He wants you to be receiving grace from grace, grace by grace, one gift of grace after another in your life, every day of your life, because you believe that you have received what God says he has given you. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful truth. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com.